0: This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com.
1: We're talk about the keys to unlocking God's treasures. And there's lots of treasures that's around us that we are really unaware of. A number of years ago, there was a geologist by the name of Dr. Williamson, who was doing some work in the country of Tanzania, and one day he found himself driving in a deserted area, slipping and sliding along a ro- rain-soaked road. That's kind of I like, you know. But suddenly, his four-wheel-drive vehicle sank up to its axles in the mud, and he got stuck. Pulling out his shovel, Dr. Williamson began the unpleasant task of digging out of a mud hole. He had been at it for a while when his shovel uncovered something strange. It was a pink-like stone of some sort. Being a geologist and naturally curious about rock formations, he picked it up and wiped away the mud. The more mud he removed, the more excited he became and could hardly believe what he saw. When the stone was finally cleaned, Dr. Williamson was beside himself with joy. He had discovered a diamond. Now, any diamond at all would be a surprise in that situation, but Dr. Williamson found what became known as the famous pink diamond of Tanzania. That stone today sits in the royal scepter of Great Britain, and Dr. Williamson is famous around the world for his find, as accidental as it may have been. And so there are times when people discover treasures that they had no clue about. But there are spiritual treasures, and there are earthly treasures. There are, you know, uh, all kinds of treasures that are here in this world that God has put here And he's trying to reveal them to us so you and I can unlock, you know, his treasures and and utilize them. He tells us in Isaiah chapter 45, verse 3, he says, and I, and this I is, this is God saying this. He says, and I will give you treasures. That's God saying that to you and me. He says, and I will give you treasures. Hidden in the darkness. Hmm. Secret riches. And just because it's hidden in the darkness doesn't mean it's not there. Well, let me see here. It's one of the things we used for a vacation Bible adventure many years ago when we did a treasure dig. Well, what do you call this thing here? Metal detector. A metal detector. But what we're really looking for is treasure. But the treasure is under the ground, and it's dark down there. But does that mean it's not there? Nope. And treasure can still be found deep in the soil and in the dark. It it can be. And God, he tells us that he is trying to reveal and trying to give us treasure. He says here to Mary once again in Isaiah 45.3, he says... And I will give you treasures, plural, hidden in the darkness, secret treasures. God says, I will give you treasures, and he's talking to you. He says, I'll give you you treasures, and that's genuinely what he wants us to do. Would you read that for us?
0: The Smith House in Dallinaga, Georgia has been sitting on a gold mine for more than a century. During renovation of the landmark hotel back in February of 2006, workers discovered the entrance to a four foot wide hole under the concrete floor in the main dining room. The hole goes straight down 19 feet to the entrance to a gold mine under the building. Captain Frank Hall built the house in 1884. As legend has it, the city would not permit Hall to dig for gold on the property, partly because it was too close to the downtown square and partly because he was a Yankee. (laughs) It would appear that he built the house to cover up his mining operation until his health failed and he sold the land. We never would have known it if we hadn't chipped up that concrete, Chris Welch, the owner of the hotel, said. For many years, the owners have joked with patrons that they were sitting on a gold mine. They had no idea just
1: how true a statement that really was. Kind of makes you wonder, doesn't it? You think you've ever been sitting on a gold mine? You think there's ever been any treasure near you where you're at? Do, Do you think that it's ever a possibility that you could access a treasure that God has placed very near unto you. Well, let me read it one more time. It says here in Isaiah 45, verse 3, it says, And I will give you treasures hidden in the darkness, secret treasures, and I will do this so you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, the one who calls you by name. And he says... I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to give it to you. And I'm, I'm going to do it so you'll know who I am. And, and, and I know you personally by name. And then over here in Psalms 31, verse 19, it says, Your goodness is so great. You have stored up great. If you, you stored up, you, you, you stockpiled, you accumulated, that's what he's talking about here, your goodness is so great you have stored up great blessings for those and, and for for who for those for, for those,
0: those who honor there's
1: you. there's a condition right here mm-hmm. he says you have stored up great blessings for those who honor you now Now, he says here, your goodness is so great. You know what these are, aren't you? Frosted flakes, and ever since I was a kid, it had this written on the side. They're great! That's what it says. And that's the way this should be read. Your goodness is so great! (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. You have stored up. You've stockpiled. You've accumulated great blessings for those who honor you. You have done so much. Hold for- on a second. He says, for those who do what? Honor you. Who honor you. And see, we honor God with our time and with our talent and with our treasure and with our worship. When you, you lift your voice to Almighty God, And you lift your heart because worship is really our heart responding to God's heart. But he tells us that we we honor him with our time that we give him and our talent and our treasure, with our worship. And and are you aware that this honors God? Think about that for a moment. I'm going to go back a second. He says, you've stored up great blessings for those who honor you. You have done so much for those And those, you know who those is talking about? That's talking about us, you and me. You have done so much. You have done so much for those, for for us right here and all the people of this planet here. You have done so much for those who come to you for protection. Have you ever came to God for protection? Yes. He said, you have done so much for those who come to you For protection, them, and them, that's still talking about us. For those who come to you for protection, blessing them, that's us, before the watching world. God blesses us, not in a secret way. He blesses us before the watching world. God's blessing us, not in a secret God does not mind blessing you in a way that becomes visual to other people. That's what he's saying here. I'm going to read one more time. Starting in verse 19, your goodness is so great. You have stored up great blessings for those who honor you. You have done so much for those, that's us, who come to you for protection, blessing them, that's us, before the watching world. He says here in verse 20. You hide them in the shelter. And them, you hide them. The them is still talking about us. You hide them, you hide us. In the shelter of your presence. In God's presence, he hides us there.
0: Safe from those who conspire against them.
1: Safe from those who conspire against them. The them is us again. Who conspire against us, uh, against us. He shelters us. He keeps us safe from those who conspire against them who are us. You shelter them. You shelter us in your presence, far from accusing tongues. And, you know, when dads take their their kids' hands and they take a walk for them, walk with them in the evening time or something, and they they feel their their kids clinging to their hands and all, do you ever cling to God? genuinely through your prayer, but you just get a hold of God and you love him and you're clinging to the almighty himself and, and you're hiding in his presence and your relationship with him, you know? Now see, God, he didn't prevent storms from reaching his servants. He didn't prevent them. He preferred to be with them in the storms. It was better to be in danger with God than to be elsewhere without God. Jesus' disciples learned more when their boat was sinking on the Sea of Galilee than they did on the shore. You know, Daniel, and if you think about this, if Daniel had not been cast into the lion's den, he wouldn't have witnessed God's power over the wild beast. And, And God was there and worked Pretty miraculously in his life. Uh, Let's just read a couple, a few verses here out of the book of Daniel. So at last the king
0: gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions.
1: Now, you gotta understand that the political system in that day had manipulated the king because they didn't like Daniel. Daniel was a favorite of the king. And they were manipulating the king. They set up rules and regulations and laws to honor the king. And they made all this and they put it into motion. And then they, you know, told people what they could not do, knowing that they were going to catch Daniel in this situation. So although the the king loved Daniel, he was caught and he could not break his own word. And it says here: so at last the king gave orders. For Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions. And the king said to Daniel, and it was really like a prayer. He said, may your God, whom you serve so faithfully, rescue you. And and this was coming from a sincere heart of the king. He really genuinely meant it. Verse 17
0: says, a stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den.
1: And, and the way they had those lions dens, it was a big hole in the ground. You know, and they would drop whoever they're gonna put in the lions in down in it, and they had a big old stone and they'd just cover the top, so a lion couldn't get out, and so nobody could get in to rescue anybody who happened to be there. The
0: king sealed the stone with his own royal seal and the seal of his nobles, so that no one could rescue Daniel. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night fasting. He refused his usual entertainment and couldn't sleep at all that night.
1: He, he loved Daniel. You know, uh, Daniel honored him and he loved him. He couldn't sleep. He didn't eat. He took no entertainment because he was concerned, <coughs> excuse me, for his friend.
0: Very early the next morning, the king got up and hurried out to the lion's den. When he got there, he called <laughs> out in anguish. Daniel, son of the living God, was your God, servant of the living God, sorry, was your God whom you serve so faithfully able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, Long live the king. May My God sent his angel to shut the lions' mouths so that they would not hurt me. For I have been found innocent in his sight, and I have not wronged you, your majesty."
1: That was pretty a miraculous situation. I'd consider that a pretty good treasure to be able to spend a night with hungry lions and they just kind of become your pillow, you know? That would really be a blessing if God protected you in such a situation, and we see and we'll see even more of how God will reveal unto us the the keys to his treasures and to his blessings. Now, three Hebrew children, <clears throat> if if they, had been, if they had not been thrown into that fiery furnace, you remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into the fiery furnace? And the reason they were thrown into the fiery furnace is because they were told not to bow down and uh, to bow down at a particular time, to bow down at a particular time and worship this golden image. And if they did not bow down and worship this golden image, they would be thrown into a fiery furnace. And these Hebrew children, they disobeyed what the king was telling them to do. <clears throat> and so they would not bow down. And if they, if they had obeyed, disobeyed God and obeyed the king, they would never experience that, uh, you know, God's miraculous rescue from them. Listen to what he says here in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 3. <clears throat> Daniel. Daniel, I'm sorry. <clears throat> Starts with D. As I misled myself there, didn't I? Okay.
0: Daniel chapter three verse twenty-five, and this was the king looking in. He said, he answered and said, "Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God."
1: Four men. They 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 bound. They they put extra clothes on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And then they tied them up, you know, three. And they tied them up and they threw them into the fiery furnace because they would not bow down and worship the golden image. And the king had the furnace heated up seven times hotter than it was, you know, because they disobeyed. And the soldiers who went and opened the door to the furnace, they were struck dead because the blast of heat was so hot. It killed them. And anyhow, it tells us here, <clears throat> and he answered and he said, Lo, I see four. I, I see four, and they're loose. Well, we tied up three guys. We, we bound them and we tied them up, but, but we see four men in there now, not the three that we threw in. We see four, and they're walking around in the midst of the fire. And they have no hurt. There, there's no flames on them. There's no smoke on them. And the form of the fourth one is like the son of God. There's something going on here. Genuinely, it is because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they knew. They knew the keys to unlocking God's treasures and his blessings as God poured it out upon them.
0: Psalm 91 verse 11. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot.
1: Because he... This is referring to David. Because he, David, has set his love upon me. God says, because David has set his love upon me. And see, love is the key... To God's great treasures. It really is. It says because he, David, has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. You know, I will set him on high because he has known my name. There's times when the scripture says, do we know his name? And there's times when it's it's talking about God, he knows our name. And here in verse 14 in the Message Bible, it says, If you'll hold on to me for dear life, says God. Now, does anything ever goes on in your life that makes you want to hold on to them for for dear life? If you hold on to me for dear life, says God, I'll get you out of any trouble. What percentage of trouble is any? One hundred. 100% hundred percent and I got to challenge you with this throughout the Bible there are words you know that, that mean hundred percent but lots of the things in the Bible we overlook them and we don't understand them and as we we study them and it's just like taking a magnifying glass and bringing it into clear focus again and he says if you'll hold on to me for dear life says God I'll get you out of any." <clears throat> I'll get you out of 100% of the troubles. I'll give you the best of care if you'll only get to know me. If you'll only get to know me and to trust me, I'll get you out of any trouble and I'll give you the best of care if you'll only get to know me and trust me.
0: He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation.
1: You know, I, I really want God's blessings and his treasure for the men and the women, the boys and girls of his church. You know, uh, right now and, and for this year and for the years to come. And we can have the blessings of Almighty God as we learn, you know, as we learn to unlock his treasures as Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego did as as Daniel did and he tells us here the psalmist says in Psalms 119 verse 58 with all my heart with all now what percentage is that?
0: 100%
1: that's 100% some people think well I can just love God half heartedly that don't get it that does not unlock the treasures of almighty God a half hearted person well I'll obey part of God's word, but I'm not going to obey it at all. He says, with all 100% <clears throat> of my heart, I want your blessings. With all my heart, I want your blessings. Then Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the
0: best part.
1: Now, didn't that mean honor him with your wealth and with the leftovers? No. The with the stuff that you don't need no more? Do you want to throw it in the garbage or put it in a tax sale? No, the best part. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of what? Everything. Everything. What percentage is everything? 100%. So 100%. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything your land produces. And if you'll do that, verse 10, it says, Then. That's a very specific word. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with the finest wine.
0: A rock hound named Rob Cutshaw owns a little roadside shop outside Andrews, North Carolina. Like many in the trade, he hunts for rocks, then sells them to collectors or jewelry makers. He knows enough about rocks to decide which to pick up and sell, but he's no expert. He leaves the appraising of his rocks to other people. As much as he enjoys the work, it doesn't always pay the bills. He occasionally moonlights cutting wood to help put bread on the table. While on a dig 20 years ago, Rob found a rock he described as pretty and big. He tried unsuccessfully to sell the specimen, so he kept the rock in his closet. He guessed the blue chunk could probably bring as much as $500. But he would have taken less if something urgent came up, like paying his power bill. That's how close Rob came to hocking it for a few hundred dollars, what turned out to be the largest, most valuable sapphire ever found. The blue rock that Rob had abandoned to the darkness of his closet two decades ago, now known as the Star of David Sapphire, weighs nearly a pound... And would easily sell for $2.75 million.
1: Hmm. We have no idea of the priceless value of things, the priceless value of a relationship with Jesus Christ in this coming year, 2023. Think about it. Are, are you willing to trade Christ for some sinful pleasure? Or are, are you willing to abandon? Something that's worth, you know, $2.75 million and just treat it like a a brick or something like that? Have you discovered yet how to discern the value and how to unlock the, the treasures and the blessings of the almighty God that he says he gives us? He puts them here for us and he wants to reveal them to us. And so many people bump into them from time to time, and he surely wants us to and never, ever trade a relationship with the almighty God for some sinful pleasure. Now, a few years ago, I was reading about this guy. He had broken into a, a, a store. Uh, it was a kind of a specialty store, and this guy came in. He sold some valuable stuff, and then he you know, tried to flee out of the door, and the door was locked. And he pushed against the door and pushed against it and kicked it and stomped and punched and hit it with things. And he could not get the door open. And he eventually just kind of sat down and about cried. And then the police just came right around the block and they they took him out. He'd been pushing on this door, pushing and pushing and pushing. The policeman put handcuffs on him and then they pulled the door. And there was a sign on the door that says, pull to open. But he'd been pushing on it. Now, I don't know if the guy could read or not. I don't know. But I do know what the Bible says in Hosea 4.6. It says, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. And he didn't know how to open that door. And he ended up in jail because of it. The scripture, that same scripture in the New Living Translation, Hosea 4.6, it says, my people are being destroyed. You know, and, and treasures are locked up. My people are being destroyed because they don't know me. And see, knowing God unlocks his treasures. Having a relationship with Almighty God, it unlocks his treasures. And, you know, the, the greatest sermon that was ever preached and the greatest preacher who ever lived, he preached the the uh, Sermon on the Mount. And let's just read a, a bit of it right here in, in Matthew chapter 5, looking at verse one. And this is in the Message Bible.
0: When Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds, he climbed a hillside. Those who were apprenticed to him, the committed, climbed with him. Arriving at a quiet place, he sat down and taught his climbing companions. This is what he said. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope.
1: Have you ever been to the end of your rope? Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of people say that. I'm just at the end of my rope. And the Bible says you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. So what he says, listen to what it says. I'm going to read the New Living Translation. It says, God blesses those who realize, which means they become conscious of this. God blesses those who realize their need for Him. For the kingdom of heaven is given to them. God's kingdom becomes unlocked when you recognize your your need for Him. And I don't know. I mean, if I was to ask you that question right now, genuinely, do you recognize your need for God? He said, God blesses those who realize their need for Him, for the kingdom of heaven. Is given unto them.
0: You're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one
1: most dear to you.
0: You're blessed when you're content with
1: just who you are. Let me just ask a question there. Are you content with who you are? He says you're blessed when you're content with just who you are, no more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought with money. You know? When you learn to be content, and you can study that topic out in the Bible, and God blesses the men and the women who have learned to be content.
0: You're blessed
1: when verse, verse six, verse yeah? six.
0: you're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God.
1: He's food and drink and the best meal you'll ever eat. Have you guys got a good appetite for lunch? It's 1156. I haven't had anything to eat all day. I got an appetite to eat something. But I'll tell you what, we have learned this over the years. If you got an appetite for God, he will truly satisfy your appetite. When you hunger and when you thirst for him, He says in verse 6, you're blessed. You are blessed. You are blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. His food and drink is the best meal you'll ever eat. How about that? You're blessed when you care. Do you care about other people? Do you care about God's kingdom? Do you care about people coming to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior? He says, you're blessed when you care. At the moment of being careful, you find yourselves cared for. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your your mind and your heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. Wait a minute. He said, when your relationship with God, your commitment to God causes other people to curse you, he says you're blessed. Uh, Do we read that right? Yep. You're blessed when your commitment to God Provokes persecution. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. Not only that, but count yourselves blessed every time people put you down or throw you out or speak lies about you. And the one who's saying this is Jesus. He says, Count yourselves blessed. I'm going to read it again. Verse 11. Every time people put you down, throw you out, or speak lies about you to discredit me. He said, when people are picking on you and insulting you because you follow me, Jesus is saying this, and they're, they're trying to discredit me by persecuting you. He says, what it means is that the truth is. Is too close for comfort, is bothering them, and they are uncomfortable. Verse 12 goes on to say, You can be glad when that happens, when they're uncomfortable, and they're persecuting you because you're following Jesus. He says, You can be glad when that happens and give a cheer. He said, Give a cheer. Yeah. Oh, well, when this happens, you're persecuted because you're following Jesus, and they're trying to discredit Jesus. By discrediting you, you can be glad when that happens. Give a cheer even. For though they don't like it, Jesus says, I do. I like it when they persecute you and they're uncomfortable and they're they're feeling very uncomfortable about this and and they're critical toward you. Jesus says, I do like it. And all heaven applauds because their hearts have been touched. And know that you are in good company. My prophets and witnesses have always gotten into this kind of trouble. When you live for Jesus, there's going to be people come around who don't like Jesus. Did you know that? And they're going to put you down or insult you or smirk at you or something or another. And in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. And he will give you all you need. Now, wait a minute. There's that word again. Mm -hmm. Bring out my magnifying glass. And he, God, will give you 50% of what you need. All. What what percentage is all? And he will give you all that you need from day to day. If. This is conditional. And he'll give you all you need from day to day. If you live for him, obeying him, and make the kingdom of God your primary concern. You know, obedience unlocks God's treasures and unlocks God's blessings. If you'll put him first, he'll give you all 100% of what you need day by day. He's going to provide for us today. He's his day by day. And tomorrow... And the next day, when you're obeying him, you're living in obedience to the Almighty God. Listen to what it says here in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1.
0: Then the Lord told Abram, Leave your country, your relatives, and your father's house, and go to the land that I will show you. I will cause you to become the father of a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and I will make you a blessing to others.
1: Wait a minute. Would you be willing to allow God to make you a blessing for other people? Would you allow God to cause you to be a conduit that he could bless other people through your life? Would that be okay? Yes. He says, I will bless you and I will make you famous and I will make you a blessing to others.
0: I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. For the families of the earth will be blessed through you.
1: The families of the earth will be blessed through you. And there's a lot of people on this earth right now, you know, who will be blessed through you. There was a couple who just came up and told us at the last service. And her dad had passed on some time ago. And he didn't know Christ that she knew of. And he worked in a computer shop somewhere. And he had told her about hey Pastor Ryan come in this computer shop and and Judah and we sought some information and all and we talked to him and then he started coming to this church with his friend sat in the balcony all the time I don't know if I ever had the privilege of meeting him but he came quite a few times to church and he had a, a daily bread that somebody gave him from here that he would read and although he didn't let the rest of his family know that he was right with God he genuinely was. So somehow or another, God got through to him through the word that we taught, and the the worship that we gave, and the dramas that we did, and all. God used you to meet a guy, and his name was written in the book of life, and didn't nobody really know about it until very recently. Was that amazing? It was. It was absolutely astounding. Let me see where are we are now. <clears throat>
0: In Genesis 22, verse 16, God was speaking to Abraham and he says, this is what the Lord says. Because you have obeyed me.
1: Because what?
0: You have obeyed me.
1: Because you have obeyed me.
0: And have not withheld even your beloved son. I swear by my own self that I will bless
1: you richly. Do we withhold what is God's? Does God have a purpose for us being here on this earth? Are we doing what he created us to do, or do we withhold all that what he would have us to be doing? Do we withhold that from him? He goes on to say,
0: I will multiply your descendants into countless millions, like the stars of the sky and the sand on the seashore. I will conquer, they will conquer their enemies, and through your descendants, all the nations of the earth. Wait
1: a minute. All the nations of the earth. Through your descendants, Abraham, all, 100% of the nations of the earth will be blessed because of you and your children. Mm -hmm. That's what he said. All because you have obeyed me. Obedience to Almighty God unlocks the treasures and the blessings of God. And he says here in Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 1, he says, If you fully, and what does fully mean? Well, what percentage? What did you say? If you fully, hundred percent, obey, and that is a choice that we'll make, whether we fully obey God or not. If you fully obey the Lord your God by keeping all, hundred percent, by keeping all hundred percent of the commands I am giving you today, the Lord your God will exalt you above all over 100% of the nations of the world he is going to exalt you 100% above the nations of this world you will experience all so 100% again these blessings you're going to experience these blessings if you obey the lord your god obey okay. if you obey but he does not promise to unlock the treasures and the blessings And they'll stay locked up when we choose. Well, I'm not going to really obey God. It ain't that big of a to do. But it is.
0: Or even if we say, I'll obey him in this, but not
1: in that. I'm just going to be half-hearted in my obedience to God. Not whole-hearted. He says here, verse 2. Is that where I was at there? Verse 3. Verse 3, he says, You will be blessed in your towns and in the country. You'll be blessed with many children and productive fields. You'll be blessed with fertile herds and flops. You'll be blessed with baskets overflowing with fruit, with kneading bowls filled with bread. You'll be blessed wherever you go, both in coming and in going, and the Lord will conquer your enemies and when they attack you. Does that sound like a pretty good deal? When my enemies attack me, God says, he's going to conquer them. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They will attack you from one direction, but they will scatter from you in seven. They come in one way, but they're, they're getting out of Dodge, man, as quick as they can. Because God defends you. Verse 7 says, the Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They will attack you from one direction, but they will scatter from you in seven. The Lord will bless everything. 100%. The Lord will bless, look at it with a magnifying glass. What does everything mean? It means 100% the Lord will bless everything you do and will fill your storehouses with grain. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. Uh, That's that's absolutely amazing. Verse 9 says, if you obey, and it's a choice, if you obey the commands of the Lord your God, And walk in his ways. The Lord will establish you as a holy people. A holy people. As he solemnly promised to do. If you obey his commands. If you walk in his ways. The Lord will establish you as a holy people. And if you obey God. Walk in his ways. And become this holy people. It says in verse 10. Then all and must I say, 100%, then all the nations of the world will see that you are a people claimed by the Lord. All the other people are going to see that God has blessed you when you're obeying God and you're walking in his ways. But if you're not obeying God and you're not walking in his ways, they're not going to see it. But he says here, then all the nations of the world will see that you are a people claimed by the Lord and they will stand in awe of you. You're blessed and they see God on you and upon your life. You know, there's a song we used to sing, it goes, I'm blessed and I know that I am. Since Jesus took control of my life, I'm blessed and I know that I am and he's promised me a new life. I'm blessed, and he walks with me, and he keeps me wherever I go. And if you were to ask me, how are you doing, my friend? Well, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. That's just the way it is. And I reckon that's been my heart's desire since I first started using a computer. And I came up, well, my email address was, I am his. Are you? I'm his. I'm 100% his. Are you? You know, think about this. Do you obey the almighty God who blesses our socks off? Verse 11 goes on to say,
0: The Lord will give you an abundance of good things in the land he swore to give your ancestors, many children, numerous livestock, and abundant crops. The Lord will send rain at the proper time from his rich treasury in the heavens to bless all
1: the world. hundred percent. To bless all the work that you do.
0: You will lend to many nations, but you will never need to borrow from them.
1: If, if you obey God, if you walk in his ways, you know, and, and he'll cause you to become this holy people. He says, you will never need to borrow. If you listen
0: to these commands of the Lord, your God, and
1: carefully obey, obey them. And that's a choice you have to make. I'm, I'm going to obey what God says in his word. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. Now, which would you prefer to be? The head. The head? Have you ever been in a costume party or something or another, and you had a horse costume? And it's two pieces of the costume, and you're going to either be the rear end of the horse, you're holding somebody else's rear end, and they're the head of the horse, and they got their head up there. Would you rather be the head or the tail? The head. The head. You'd rather be the head. And he says right here, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you will always, that is 100%, and this is a shocking passage right here, you will always have the upper hand. Would you like to have the upper hand 100% of the time? Or would you rather fail half of the time? Is it okay to have the upper hand? Yes. And I don't care what it relates to. He says always. Now, this is the Bible, and you will always, if you obey him, it says in verse 13, you'll always have the upper hand. And evidence of our love for God is obedience. That's the evidence that we love him. If if we don't obey him, we surely don't love him. That's the truth of it. And you can say, oh, I love him, but you don't obey him. You do not love him. He gives us, and he qualifies that for us right here. In John 14, 21. Those who obey my commandments are the ones who love me. Those who obey are the ones who love him. That's what he says.
0: And because they love me, my father will love them, and I will love them, and I will reveal
1: myself to each one of them. Jesus is saying, I'm going to make myself real. I'm going to reveal myself, make myself real to them. And this is not about religion and about rules. This is about relationship with Jesus Christ, the King of kings, where you get to know him in a personal way. Jesus says, I will reveal myself to you. I can't
0: imagine a better treasure than that.
1: I I can't either. Because if you got Jesus who created the planet... Mm you got everything. Is that not true? That's true. And he gives you peace. When you don't have peace, he gives you wisdom when you need wisdom. Hope. And he he says you're going to always have the upper hand. You're going to be the head and not the tail. When you obey him and you live a God-honoring life is what we're talking about here. And love is the key to God's greatest opening, God's greatest treasures.
0: Luke chapter 11, verse 27. As he was speaking, a woman in the crowd called out, God bless your mother,
1: the womb from which you came, and the breast that nursed you. Can you imagine in this big service, somebody said, God bless your mama. God bless her breast that fed you. God bless every part of her body, because she gave birth to you and cared for you. God bless your mama. That's what someone was doing, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. And it says in verse 28, and, and Jesus replied, but even more blessed. More blessed than my mama? That's what Jesus is saying. He he replied, but even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. Do it. That's what he says to do. Obey it. Jesus says, more blessed than Mary is the men and the women, the boys and the girls who hear my word and they put it into practice. They obey it. They do it. Uh, Psalms 84 verse 11 says, No good thing will the Lord withhold from those who do what's right. God will withhold no good thing from you. God wants you to be blessed. He wants to meet your needs. He wants to take care of you abundantly beyond what you could ever ask or think. And it says in his word, No, not one good thing will the Lord withhold from those who do what is right. That means no good thing will he withhold from those who obey him that's what he's saying here treasures and and blessings are the result of obedience to god
0: jeremiah five twenty five. your wickedness has deprived you of these wonderful blessings
1: can you believe that your wickedness caused you not to see that gold nugget that diamond there Cause you not to have access to the treasure. Did you notice a treasure? The Bible says it for those who are believers and obey him. He says you can lay hands on the sick and they recover. Yep. It's there in, in the book of Mark, chapter 16. It says you can lay hands upon the sick and they'll recover. He says the two of you agree. You can learn how to pray and get your prayers answered. And hundreds of promises in God's word has promised us. But he says your wickedness has deprived you of these wonderful blessings. The reason you don't receive these wonderful blessings is because of your wickedness. And then he says your sin has robbed you of all these good things because of our sins. Now what happens if we do sin? Can we ever get rid of them? Yes. Yes, we can. And how do we do that? We ask him to forgive us. Uh, Let me read you a verse here. Proverbs 13, 21 says, "Trouble." Chases sinners. If you're just like, I'm going to do my own thing. I don't care what anybody else. Trouble chases sinners while blessings chase the righteous. And the righteous are the forgiven. They who have asked for forgiveness and they've been forgiven and they've been pardoned. Psalms 32 verse 1, it says, blessed is the person whose obedience." Disobedience. Disobedience. Blessed is the person whose disobedience. Is there a difference? Yes. Blessed is the person whose disobedience is forgiven and whose sin is pardoned. That man or that woman is blessed. And and we can understand it right here in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins to him, God, and it's a choice. I I acknowledge what I did was wrong and ask you to forgive me, God. And he says right here, if we confess our sins to him, he's faithful. 100% of the time he's faithful and just to do, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from every, that's 100% of them of every wrong. He pardons us and he forgives us and confessing our sins and being forgiven unlocks the treasures of almighty God, his pardon and all the blessings that he pours out upon us. Is it okay if I read the next verse here? This is a pretty cool verse. Colossians chapter two, verse three says in him, in Christ, lie hidden all. And that's talking about a hundred percent of the treasures in him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Do you need wisdom? Do you need knowledge? He says in Christ, they're all there. All of it is there and when you have a relationship and you are in relationship with Christ, all the the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are found there. Matthew chapter 5 verse 8 it says God blesses those whose hearts are pure for they will see God. And there's only way to get your only one way to get your heart pure and how is that? It's through Jesus. He's the only one who can forgive us. He's the only one you know in Deuteronomy chapter 30. Verse 19 and 20.
0: Today I have given you the choice between life and death.
1: Yet a choice. I set before you life and death. Between blessings and curses. Life and blessings, death and curses. I
0: call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life, that you and your descendants might live.
1: You and your descendants, your children might live.
0: Choose to love the Lord your God and to obey Him and commit yourself to Him, for He is
1: your life. It's a choice. To love God. Jude chapter 121, and we're about done here. Jude 121 says, live in such a way that God's love can bless you. Do you know you can live in such a way that God can't bless you? You live a sinful life, you live a disobedient life. And you go well. How come God don't bless me the way He blesses somebody else? Well, maybe somebody else is obeying Him. That's very likely. Live in such a way that God's love can bless you.
0: Elizabeth told Mary in Luke one forty five, "You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what He said."
1: I believe that the Lord will do what He said. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that the Lord will do what He said He'd do? Yes. John chapter 20, verse 29. Then Jesus told him, you
0: believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who haven't haven't seen seen me me and believe anyway. That's us.
1: That's us. Uh, Let me read that one too. Mm -hmm. And then you can read the last one.
0: Okay.
1: He says here, when I was desperate. You ever been desperate? When I was desperate. I called out, and God got me out of a tight spot. You ever been in a tight spot? Mm -hmm. When I was desperate, I didn't know how to get out of this tight spot. When I was desperate, I called out, and God got me out of a tight spot. God's angel set up a circle of protection around us. Don't stop there. There's no period there. God's angel set up a circle of protection around us while we pray. Do you pray? When you pray, it makes a difference. It genuinely does. Verse 8 says, Open your mouth and taste. Open your eyes and see how good God is. Blessed are you who run to him. Verse 9 says, Worship God if you want the best. If you want the best, be a man or a woman who raises your hands and sings to God. You got a melody in your heart. You, you worship him just with your actions as well as your words. And you worship him and he says, worship God if you want the best. But we must be doers. We, we must obey what he says. Worship God if you want the best. Worship opens doors to, what that say? Oh, God's goodness. Wait, 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 wait a minute. What percentage is all? Worship opens doors to all of his goodness, all of the goodness that God has. And there's mighty millions of ways to define all of his goodness. And worship opens the doors to all his goodness. Young lions on the prowl, they get hungry. But God seekers are full of God. I want to be full of God. I want to be seeking God and putting him first we got one more verse. Would you mind reading that one?
0: Jeremiah 17, verse 7. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Their hope.
1: Their confident expectation for their future.
0: They are like trees planted along a riverbank.
1: These these men and women who trust in the Lord, they're they're like trees planted along the riverbank. With roots that reach deep
0: into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green Green. and they go right on producing
1: delicious fruit. You know what? There are so many promises in God's Word and we ain't covered hardly any of them. Just a few little ones here today as we're talking about this particular topic of unlocking the treasures of Almighty God and His blessings and all But there are so many, if you read this Bible on a daily basis, you're going to find them. You're going to run into them. And it's just like, wow, this is amazing. This is fantastic. This is awesome. And you're going to be bumping into treasures. Oh, I never knew that was there. I never knew that was there. I never knew I could pray about that. I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know when I was praying, the angels of God were circling around about me. I didn't know that. And we're learning all these treasures and all these blessings. So many more than we've even mentioned here today that's for sure but I'll tell you what when you make a a choice to live for Jesus he'll withhold no good thing from you that's what he says in his word when you make that choice to put him first in your life and what we'd like to do right now we're just going to take a minute to do it to reaffirm our faith in Christ who's revealing so many treasures and many of you look around in your life and you go I'm really blessed And you recognize, that's God's blessings upon me. I really didn't deserve all that stuff. But look what God has done with the wisdom and the insights and the provisions and and the careers and the relationship. Look what God has done in my life. This is amazing. And even if there's difficulties, he's working them together for good. Fantastic. Well, let's just reaffirm our faith in him. And if you're online or you're in here today, would you declare your faith. If you've never done it before, would you declare your faith in Christ as we reaffirm our faith in Christ? Same prayer. Would you join us as we pray? Heavenly father, heavenly father, I believe that you love me.
0: I believe that you love me.
1: I believe that your plans for me.
0: I believe that your plans for me are good, are good
1: and not evil
0: and not evil
1: to give me hope
0: to give me hope
1: and to give me a future to
0: give me a future.
1: I believe that Jesus died in my place.
0: I believe that Jesus died in my place.
1: To set me free. To set me free. And I believe that Jesus rose from the dead.
0: And I believe that Jesus rose from the dead.
1: And he's knocking at the door of my heart.
0: And he's knocking at the door of my heart.
1: And I open wide that door. And I open wide that door. And I welcome Jesus into every area of my life. And I
0: welcome Jesus into every area of my life.
1: As my savior.
0: As my savior.
1: As my Lord and King.
0: As my Lord and King.
1: And as my provider of everything.
0: And as my provider of everything.
1: I love you, Lord.
0: I love you, Lord.
1: With all my heart. With all my heart. I ask that you would pour your love. I ask that you would pour your love. Through me. Through me. And impact others in my sphere of influence. And
0: impact others in my sphere of influence.
1: In Jesus' name.
0: In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen.